Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Winning Cures Everything. Now for your hosts, Gary and Chris. Welcome in, Winning Cures Everything. It is the Friday, February 25th edition of the show. I'm Gary. And I'm Chris. And that's right, we got Chris back on the phone. I did a little solo thing on Tuesday, but... uh. But I'm so glad to have Chris back so that I'm not just rambling for 40-something minutes here. But uh, it may be the offseason, my friend, but there are still a ton of things to discuss. So uh, so before we do any reads or anything like that, let's go on and dive into, uh, I think, one of the biggest topics going on right now. We'll start in the NFL, and that is the broadcast booths are going to look vastly different next year. Uh, Troy Aikman it appears, is set to be the ESPN Monday Night Football guy. And the number that was reported, Chris, was $17.5 million a year, which is basically uh, Tony Romo numbers. I mean, this is yeah. kind of insane. Uh, there was talk that he was – not talk. It was reported that he was in contract negotiations with Amazon. Uh, it looks like Al Michaels – is going to be the Amazon Thursday night football guy. He's going to move over from NBC. And now the Fox Sports uh, lead broadcast crew guy, the play-by-play, uh, or not play-by-play, the color analyst, Troy Aikman, is going to be the color analyst for ESPN's Monday Night Football booth. And now there's talk that Steve Levy will not be the guy to handle play-by-play for ESPN. It could possibly be Joe Buck. They could end up buying him out of his uh, last year of his contract with Fox. Give me your thoughts here. Is this, uh, does this change anything for you? Is it, is it surprising? Is it? Well, it would be the best Monday night booth we've had in a long, long time since Al Michaels was in it. Since I, I like the days of Tariko and Kornheiser. Um, most people did not. Uh, so, you know, I, I understand it. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a big booth. Getting buck is a big deal because you're not – here's the thing. He's not just a football guy. This guy also does the World Series, and he has done for a long time, and Fox owns the World Series. Now you're about to lose Joe Buck as the voice of the World Series, which will make a lot of baseball fans happy because baseball fans like to bitch about things. But but I actually think Joe Buck does a pretty good job of calling the game and being pretty down the middle. I agree with you. I agree with you a whole lot. Uh, it, it will change a lot of things just across the board. This is... 
to me, just a little bit surprising, uh, you know, sticking on the Troy Aikman thing, if they do not get Joe Buck, I, I, I don't know what Troy Aikman would be like without Troy Buck, uh, with, uh, without Joe Buck, excuse me, uh, because I, I don't know that I remember him being with anybody else. <laughs> do you remember the last time he was with anybody? Like other than Joe? Uh, no, I don't. I don't know who he was with before Joe, or was he ever? I don't. I, I couldn't tell you. I don't remember that long ago. And, and I'll say this: it wasn't, but for several years ago that I started actually paying attention to this. I mean, it's only been like the last five years that I actually care who was calling the game, outside of the fact that John Gruden ruined every Monday night football game for me for almost a decade. Um, you know, that was it. Because I guess before uh, the red zone became such a big deal for me. I just kind of flip channels on Sundays, and, and you always had like seven, eight games going at one time. And so I was, you know, I guess I never paid a lot of attention to who was calling those games. I knew Al Michaels' voice because he was Sunday night football. I knew the people who did Monday night football because they were the only games on. Um, Joe and Troy have been doing Thursday night football for a long time because it's the only game on. You know who they are. And uh, and that's when I that's when I paid real close attention to who's actually calling the game, um, you know. Even watching the red zone, you get the same. You know, they're flipping the channel for you, and you're hearing different people call the game. Or you know, did we lose Chris? Some oh, people for Comcast. <laughs> I don't I don't know who those people are because I don't have that. But gotcha. uh, <laughs> like like you know, you're, you're hearing so many different voices for the most part. We know who Romo is. We know who Troy and, 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 and Buck are. That's, that's kind of the list of the guys that I know um, that do games all the time. Like, I know all these other guys. Like, I know who Ian Eagle is. And all that, but I don't care if they're calling the game or not. Like, it doesn't move the needle one way or the other. I'm going to watch the game based on the game. Yeah. It, it, with, with Tony Romo, I mean, obviously Jim Nance, but Nance also handles uh, the Masters. He handles uh, the – NCAA Final Four. I mean, just all like his voice is synonymous with a ton of different things. Uh, but Tony Romo has certainly established his name as being uh, a vital one on Sundays. Uh, Troy Aikman and Joe Buck together are certainly a a big big group. Uh, you dig into some of these other things. Uh, how would it impact the rest of the NFL broadcasting landscape? Richard Deitch, uh, excuse me, uh, said he thinks that Fox if they end up keeping Joe Buck, is going to go get Greg Olson, who is the network's number two NFL analyst. They'll uh, they'll keep him and just move him up to the main booth. Uh, but it's, you know, Sean Payton is out there now. Like, there's a possibility they could bring Sean Payton in. I, I don't know what that's going to look like. I mean, it's, it's certainly strange. It does look like Sean McVay, by the way, is going to stay and coach the Rams at least for one more season. Uh, we shall see. But, you know, now that Amazon is in, You've got a ton of different networks that are trying to hire the right broadcast booth. And we've seen with Monday Night Football, it is important to get the right voices in there. Uh, because as you said with Gruden, like it ruined it for you for a long time. And I would dare to well, say the, it's been worse. Even, even no, after it's Gruden. Been, it's been, no, it, and it has. As much as I hated Gruden, um, it has been worse. You, you just, I mean, uh, Jason Witten was, was an absolute catastrophe. Just a just a complete and utter disaster. Everyone hated Booger. I actually liked Booger, but they hated Booger because Booger said like uh, just the, the the things that everyone already saw, like the obvious. That's fine. I would rather have somebody pointing out everything, even the obvious, to me, 
than a guy like Gruden who never had a negative thing to say about anybody. You have a team with 37 penalties on a Monday night game and nobody made a mistake and everybody played great because he knew one day he wanted to go back to coaching and he didn't want any film of him trashing a player that he might have to coach. And that always rubbed me the wrong way. You're, that tells me you were being fake. It's not that I hated Gruden, okay? It's that he didn't say anything, but you're supposed to be on the game teaching me something. The whole reason they hire a coach and not a comedian is because you're supposed to have knowledge that I don't have, True. right? If True. you're not going to teach me something new, then I just put somebody up there who's going to be funny, okay? Because that person's going to know how to tell a story, know how to keep an audience, and know how to entertain. Because you're not doing any of those things, and you're just ball-washing all these people that you hope to work with again at another point in time. True. True. Very true. Uh, as far as Troy, who- on the other hand, man, Troy has gotten – Oh, yeah. Troy used to be a whole lot like that. The older he's gotten and the farther away from the game he's gotten, he's not close to any of these players. He doesn't have a relationship with any of these players anymore. And he's just honest. He has no problem being honest. That's all I want from those guys. I'm not saying you have to just go out there and cut everybody to pieces, but when somebody deserves to be cut to pieces, I need to know you're going to be honest and tell me what you're thinking. Yes. Yes, I agree. Uh, as far as who might pair with Aikman if Joe Buck does not come over, uh there's a possibility that we could be looking at Chris Fowler moving from the college football booth over to the Monday Night Football booth. So that's something else to pay attention to as we go along. Let's uh, let's dive off of that. Let's talk about college football playoff expansion. Now, I talked about it a little bit on Tuesday's show, but Chris, uh, you have not had a chance to really weigh in on this since they announced that it will be delayed through the 2026 season. Uh, look, there was an article in the L.A. Times, and the headline on this article says, uh, let me scroll back up, it says, commentary, Pac-12 took heat for delaying playoff expansion, but SEC came out biggest loser. Now, basically they're saying it's a win for the Pac-12, it's a loss for the SEC. The Pac-12 has not had a playoff participant since the 2016 season. Uh, With the way... I got a question. I'm going to stop Uh, and maybe you were about to answer this, and I just interrupted. If that's the case, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I didn't read this article. I saw the headline, and, and I know what they're saying. My question is this: Is this one of those things where they're just calling one guy a winner and one guy a loser, or do they actually give logic and reasoning and and, and, and understanding as to how they got those names that they're calling somebody? They actually give uh, good reasons behind it, and it's okay. So I shared out a tweet. Uh, not too long ago. I think it was the day that it was announced, and everybody had come out and written these scathing articles about how there's no leadership and you're not giving the fans what they want, et cetera, et cetera, and how basically these conference commissioners were letting everybody down. And I just questioned it. I said, are they really letting everybody down by delaying it for two more years? But what this article explains is exactly my point in this, and that is, By delaying this for two more years, you take it to the open market like you and I have talked about ad nauseum on this show multiple, multiple times. If you you go ahead and expand in the next two seasons, then you end up with ESPN getting the exclusive negotiating rights, and they hold on to the playoff even longer. If you take it to the open market, you can get multiple networks, you can work out a whole lot of other things. And part of the reason why Jim Phillips, the ACC commissioner, wants this thing delayed is he wants some other things handled 
in the meantime. And they, they talk about player safety and whatnot. And we can sit here and very nonchalantly say uh, they don't give a rip about player safety. But there are ways that you can get less snaps in a game. The NFL does it. The average NFL yep. team averages 68 plays a game. The average college well, the football average team, game is two and a half to three hours. The average college game is four to four and a half hours. Exactly. Well, here's the difference is teams average running 10 more plays in college than they do in the NFL because the the never-ending clock, right? The clock just runs unless you go out of bounds or, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, last two minutes. Like yeah. Yeah. There's, a, there's a lot of different ways to stop the clock, but for the most part, the clock runs, and, and you get less drives, you get less plays, et cetera. If college football were to implement something along those lines, then you can get more plays taken out of a season, and then maybe the extra game doesn't hurt as much, Right. Maybe it's not as crazy. There well, yeah, are ways because to at do the it. end of the day, well, hang on, it won't hurt at all because there's only two teams that are going to actually play one more game, right? Yeah. Only, only the two champions, and, and and you're going to lose way more snaps over the course of the year than a full game's worth. You play twelve football games, forget any bowl games, forget any of that. You play twelve games where the clock is continuously running. You're easily losing a full game of snaps. I would bet the math shows that. Yes, yes, I, I agree. If you're talking about ten to twelve snaps a, a game in the NFL, take ten to twelve, multiply it by you know twelve games, and you're you're at ten and, and twelve. You're at 120 right there. You don't put on 120 snaps for the most part in a game. You're losing a full game's worth. So I'm done with the argument of player safety. Here's my here's my problem with this. Okay, here's my complete other problem, and I'm, I'm so curious how this makes the SEC lose. I'm okay if you call the SEC losers. I'm not a, I'm not a, you know, a tout for the SEC. It's my conference, but you know they screw stuff up too. Here's the deal: Why can't we do multiple things at one time? These people are so bad at problem solving. They just feel like we can only address one problem at a time. Why can't we make those changes when we institute the new playoff and say if we do this, we have to buy out of the ESPN contract for the last two years and. We have to, if we're going to expand now, we want to, what, what is it going to cost us, ESPN, to break the contract right now? You're going to be a major part. You're going to be a major contributor, and your ratings are going to go up. But you, you're not going to own all of it. So what is, what is it going to cost us to break the contract right now? And that's, like, these that's are the things issue, that right? They're not even talking about negotiating or trying to do. Let's just let the clock run out. Oh, well, let's just sit on our ass and wait. And while you're doing that, you've got two classrooms of kids going through years, two seasons worth of kids going through years that are going to leave for the NFL or for, 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 for graduation and miss out on a great opportunity that they could be afforded to if you would just stop being a bitch. Yeah, yeah, I can, I can see where you're coming from. Solve. So, I, I'm so, not saying the other way is the wrong way or the right way. I'm saying learn how to problem solve. Fix well, more than one thing at one time. And that's the that's the deal here. The reason why they're saying the SEC is the loser is because the SEC assumed that bringing in Oklahoma and Texas, uh, that they were going to have a 12-team playoff about the time that those two came into the league and that, uh, you know what, we'll be able to, to fill out this playoff with SEC teams for the most part. That's where they were going at with this and along oh, with that. 
the money, et cetera, but, et cetera. Right. But hang on now. Okay. The SEC already already made the concession that they were going. They were cool with like only three teams getting in or putting a cap on it, to where you know one conference can't have all of the teams. Right. Oh yeah, yeah. So so how does that how does that stop them from anything? You you think that because we we don't get Oklahoma and Texas in time that we're still wouldn't get three teams in? Uh, that's like we're regularly getting two teams in a fourteen playoff. You I dumb agree. bastards. <laughs> Like this is people. This is people that just say stuff, but they don't think about how ignorant what they're saying sounds. I so here's the thing. I don't know that it necessarily makes the SEC a loser because the SEC has been winning the entire playoff era. They're the it, it only does, conference that had missed Gary. One. Gary, you're pussyfooting around this thing. It doesn't. I don't know if it necessarily makes them. It doesn't make them a loser in any way, shape, form, or fashion. Agreed. There's there's no way to spin this where the SEC is losing. That's what I was trying to figure out. How do they think we lost them then? Well, I think what they're saying is the SEC wanted something and they didn't get it. And, and the Pac-12 no. was a okay. part of that, right? I think that's the All biggest right. thing, which is right. ridiculous. I, I, but, 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 so, but here's the thing that they don't understand and what they don't realize is, so let's say you, you just held this thing up. And for valid reason, I think you absolutely need to, A, I want to run the clock. Okay, mainly because I ain't got four and a half hours to watch the damn football game. All right, yeah. like let's get shit done faster. Everybody else is condensing things. Movies are now ninety minutes; they used to be two, you know, two hours long. Like everybody in the world understands this, but college football. So run the damn clock; it'll make the game safer. It'll actually make the game more entertaining and better. Um, your your other step is we have to break away from the ESPN owns all of it. You have to do that. So stick to those guns. But make some concessions and let's get this thing done now because here's the deal. If you think you got one over on the SEC and you just put a thumb in the eye of the SEC, what happens when the next round of negotiation comes up? All right? And the SEC says, mm, we've got 16 teams. We'll, we'll just do our own tournament. Dan Wessel threw this idea oh, yeah. out there. I, I threw it out on Tuesday. College, yep. Dan Wessel's the smartest college football writer in the country. It's not close, by the way. He has ideas that can solve most of all of these problems that are well thought out. He's not bought off or paid off by anybody. And and these are just ideas that are better for the sport. And what if the SEC just says, fine, we're going to do our own tournament. Maybe we'll invite the Big 12 in since you didn't let them be part of the alliance. We know we stole their two biggest things. But now if we attach ourselves to the hip with them, that, you know, maybe we can we can rekindle that relationship. We can we can kind of be forgiven. And, and maybe one of these G5 conferences – steps up, plays a little bit better ball game, we'll invite them or whatever. And we just have our own tournament. We'll do it we'll do a twelve team tournament that the country wants to see. ESPN will own it all. And then you guys can have your own little piddly conference tournament. Let's see who actually shows up. Now, here's it's not the problem of where the eyeballs go. It's not the problem of what makes the best tournament or the playoff. What happens is what happens when all the greatest athletes in the country say that SEC went on ESPN that's a much bigger deal. And we're just going to go play there. Now Ohio State is starting to – they've always been the one team that could compete with the SEC that's outside of the South. Now they start losing kids. Now all of a sudden USC starts losing kids. All the best athletes in the world are already coming to SEC schools over those schools for the most part. But Ohio State and USC have always kind of been on parallel. What happens? when that parallel just 
starts moving tremendously. I agree with you. I agree. It's, it is interesting. Now, I will say this. We are only four years away from the end of that contract. Uh, we're about 24 months away from the beginning of the next round of negotiations, right? So they need to have some kind of a plan in place. But I will say this. This one needed to be unanimous. The next one does not. Uh, and I don't know what the exact number is, but this vote that just went through, 8-3, to three, uh, that would pass in the next round once you get ready for the next uh, commitment that you have to make. So, uh, so we'll see what ends up happening and if they decide to do that. But if the SEC decides, uh, you know, we, we might just stick with four or we're going to make up our own playoff and, and we're, we're not worried about expanding past that. Um, because none of it hurts them. None exactly. of it hurts the SEC. No, you have 100% got that right. It is, uh, it's going to be interesting. going to be interesting to see what happens there. Let's, uh, you know, let me do podcast reads right quick. Uh, winningcureseverything.com is the website. Go and check it out. Everything you need to know about us is over there. Of course, if you have not already, please subscribe to the podcast version of the show. That way you never miss an episode. Hit subscribe. It's going to go ahead and download into your podcast feed, and that certainly helps us out. Uh, along with that, the YouTube numbers continue to grow. We certainly appreciate you guys for doing that. If you're watching right now, hit the like button, hit the subscribe button, and hit that notification bell. It's going to let you know when we go live. Jump into the chat. We love to see what you guys are talking about. We uh, we like all the comments, etc. You can always reach out to us on Twitter, of course. Uh, if you see it on the screen, there you go. Very easy. But Chris is at Chris B. Giannini. I am at Gary WCE. And the show is at Winning Cures. Now, the show is brought to you by BetUS. And that is America's premier online sports book. It is where the game begins Head over to your browser, click in betus.com. Make sure that you get signed up. Tons of great deals and whatnot heading into March Madness, heading into the NBA playoffs, etc. And, of course, we got golf going on. we got UFC, everything else. Tons of great stuff to be gambling on right now. Uh, also, check out BetUSTV, betustv.com. Uh, I host a ton of shows over there, how-to videos on sports gambling, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So go ahead and check that out. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Now, uh, Chris, let's dive into the da, 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 college football attendance numbers have dropped to the lowest since 1981. Now, the normal people would say, you know what? It was the year after COVID. There was still some COVID fright and whatnot going into this season. So, yeah, there were going to be people that stayed at home, etc. But when you look at the numbers, uh, this is a continuing trend. It has declined every year since 2014. I mean, this is seven straight season, uh, seven, uh, excuse me, seven straight seasons. So uh, they're down to 39,848 per game attendance. And, you know, 2014 was the last year that it went up and it was 44,603. I'm curious if you think that there's anything more to this other than... Uh, you know, everybody's got big TVs and, you know, COVID was this year, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, I can go through the individual numbers, 
Uh, the only conferences that actually went up this year were the MAC, which had the highest since 2006, the Sun Belt, which had the highest since 2013, and the Big Ten, which had the highest since 2018. Uh, everything else went down, 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 including the ACC, which was down 11.7% from 2019. They didn't record stats in 2020, obviously. But uh, but for the ACC, it's the lowest since 1990. Like, Do you think that there's anything else that could be going on here? No, it's 100% product on the field. Florida State used to sell out that stadium year in and year out. Now they couldn't get 20000 if you paid them to go into it. Okay? Clemson, this is the part of having a big-time team have a down year. LSU didn't do very well in attendance this year. Why? Because they blew balls. Clemson wasn't very good, wasn't very entertaining, struggled to win a lot of games, ugly. Fans aren't coming out. The rest of the ACC is putrid. Wake Forest and Pitt were your two best teams. Not massive fan bases that are selling out stadiums when they're good. So, yeah, that's it. I think it's 100% profit on the field because the teams that are really good still sell out every game. And the teams that actually care about this, what I do think it means is a lot of those middling teams, like you talked about the Mac, but, like, there's a lot of other schools and a lot of other, like, I don't know how you take into effect the fact that Tulane lost two home games. So that's, like, 30-something thousand people, 40-something thousand people times two that got taken away from the attendance. Like, you know, so so I don't, I don't know what goes into these things to make a number. But if you're talking about all 130, you know, schools, that does, this doesn't concern me. If your team is putting a good product on the field, people are coming out to watch them week in and week out. This is not an economy thing. This is not a COVID thing. This is a the product on the field for a lot of these schools was bad, and people just aren't going to go watch bad products. Yes, yes. Uh, you add that along with the the COVID situation, and yeah, I mean, we did see Arkansas jumped up over fourteen thousand people uh, because yep. they had a good year. Yep. You know, because they went from being shitty to being amazing. Yes, if if you win, comparative to what they what their expectations were. If you that, win, you're going to have problem. a good year. <laughs> so, so you can't, so you can't just say, "Oh, it's this" or "Oh, it's that." No, no, it's all about the product that you're putting on the field. All right, the Coliseum is rocking when USC is rocking. Okay, when when UCLA is 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 rolling, you know they that stadium is great, but they haven't been rolling in over a decade, and so it's it's dying. If they ever came back to life, people would show up in droves. I think you're right. I think you're right. The Pac-12, by the way, uh, their lowest attendance ever this season. They averaged 43,000. Oh, yeah, but that's not their fault. I'm not going to blame the Pac-12 fans for this. We shit on the Pac-12 a lot. This isn't their fault. Their schools are – the majority of them were in California. And California was absolutely last year still locked down in a massive, tyrannical way. Like – just the whole rest of the country was open with, with no major issues at all. And, and California just said, we're not doing it. We're not budging. We don't care. Football's not that important. And that's the people that are in charge, not the fans. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. Uh, we'll move on. Let's check this topic out. Art Bryles, we talked about it on last week's show. And this week, it is official. As of now, Art Bryles is the offensive coordinator for Grambling State University. And, you know, this is uh, 
what I find interesting about this, and we don't have to you know, go into whether or not we think it was a good idea because we both agreed last week that it is a good hire if they got it done. But when it comes down to it, what I've been most surprised about is the amount of media that are not even willing to give this thing a second look, not willing to to even give any thought to it, and just immediately bash anybody that thinks that it's a good idea. I, I was shocked at all of the people online... It, it, mostly in Twitter and message boards and whatnot, that are so against this and, and not willing to look at what the facts of this case were. What, what's your well, opinion on this? That's the problem is none of, none of them ever paid attention to a single fact of the case. They watch news media and they listen to the hype of ESPN, crushed Baylor, and, and Baylor had a successful situation going on that was campus-wide. I, I've been through this case multiple times on this show. I'm not going to get into the nuts and bolts of it. Art Browse is not completely blameless, but he at no way, no possible way could he be the scapegoat there. It's just not possible. And, just and yet not. he was he was made the scapegoat by or scapegoat by Baylor, and they I mean they paid him, they paid him out to be that. But so. but it wasn't just he was made the scapegoat by Baylor. He was also blacklisted. The president, the chancellor, everybody else involved didn't get blacklisted. They all got to move on from Baylor, and they all got other jobs. They all got second chances at life. Art is the only one that, for some reason, everybody just drew a line in the sand and said, he was the head coach, can't happen, he'll never work again. And I just think that's insane because you didn't read any of the cases. You didn't look into any of the things that actually happened. You're just headline warriors, and shame on you. Shame on all of you for wanting a man's life to be completely ruined because you're too lazy to read facts. I tend to agree with you. I agree with you. Uh, did you see the pictures of him, by the way? No, I haven't seen a picture of him since he grew out. He dyed his hair blonde when he was coaching high school and had the blonde mullet. Well, that's that's what he's got going on right now. He's got so like he still a... got the blonde mullet. That was, what, two years ago? <laughs> yes. That's it a is... ballsy move for a 60-year-old man. I'm just going to tell you. The he... nuts on a guy like that. <laughs> Boy, I, I'm not saying I wouldn't want him to coach for me just for that factor alone. Like, yeah. you got to be a ballsy some bitch to have a haircut like that as a 60-something-year-old man. He looks like a just a straight villain right now. He's he's got like a, straight a, what? a villain, like a, like a yeah. evil you know whatever. It's it is crazy it, baby. to look at. Uh, Where it? <laughs> do do your thing. Uh, but I do think that Grambling State will be a better football team having him on the sideline uh, as their offensive coordinator. So I also think this is the road to, to redemption. I do. Okay. I do I do believe that. At some point in time, he's going to do really good things there. And then that's and somebody has to talk about it. You can't ignore it once he starts doing good things. And then somebody in, in one of these other conferences will give him a shot at even an OC job. And that's what, I'm not asking him to be the head coach. I'm not, listen, if he can't be trusted to make those kinds of decisions at a top-head level, then he needs to go work for somebody else. That's fine. If that's, but to keep him away from major college football when he's the most qualified person out there is just beyond me. You can't do that. You know, He should be able to be one of these big-time OCs, and nobody should say boo about it. Just stay the hell away from Tuscaloosa, and I'll be fine. <laughs> of course, that, that blonde hair bullet would fit right in with all the trash and just losing. Other than that, you're good. 
Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, let's uh, let's talk about Marshall right quick. We've had several people uh, contact the show and want to know what our thoughts are on the situation around Conference USA and the Sun Belt. So Marshall has sued Conference USA in its latest attempt to leave the conference by July first of this season or of this year, excuse me. And basically, they they got to stay. Uh, basically saying that they are allowed to leave. Now, Conference USA can go back at them again after March 7th, I believe, so I don't know what good the stay really does. Conference USA has put Marshall, Southern Miss, and I am forgetting somebody right now, and I should have written it down. But um, but there are three teams that were trying to leave that decided, uh, you know, we're going to go on and leave for this season, and they let them know and they found some kind of a loophole that says that they don't have to necessarily pay anything or they can pay a little something and go ahead and leave. And Marshall has said, basically, you know what, we're, we're going to sue you guys, and now Conference USA has come back and sued Marshall. Uh, when you pull up, let's see, on my Twitter page, I actually shared it out. Conference USA's statement said, while Conference USA respects the court's decision to temporarily grant the recent motion filed by Marshall University, the Conference USA Board of Directors stand firm in their belief that all Conference USA institutions, including Marshall, are expected to honor their contractual obligations and adhere to the agreed-upon bylaws and covenants. Conference USA is fully prepared to move forward with the remainder of the legal process. Okay, so in, in normal circumstances, the conference that is being left understands that there is nothing to be gained from this. Just go on and let them go and then collect your payout. But in this situation, I don't know that it's that easy. I, I think that they are going to force these three schools to stay in Conference USA for this season unless they pay some massive buyout. Like, I, I think that's the way that this thing is going to go down. But I, I really have no idea, Chris. Do you have any idea what to make of this entire situation? Because I don't remember seeing what? anything like this. No, and I'd love to see the language where they, whatever the loophole is, where they get to leave without a buyout. Because I've never in my life seen one of these conference deals drawn up where where you can leave in the middle of a deal without a buyout. I'm talking never in the history of college sports and realignment have we ever seen this. And I need to know the loophole that they're trying to use for the buyout to see is this legit or is this just bullshit. Um and uh, because that's the only thing that makes any sense at all to me. If you're Conference USA and they're trying to leave without paying, then, yeah, I kind of want to force them to stay until they agree to pay. Um, because once you let them leave without paying, fighting them for that money is always harder to do. You know? Yeah. Like, once they're gone, it's just a lot harder to get the money than, than to if you can get a court to force them to basically stay until – until they paid money, uh, or the, the you 13. get a court to to, to Drew to to, uh, to to judge on on you getting the money, yes or no, before they leave. Yeah, no. The uh, the third team, by the way, was Old Dominion. Uh, all three. That's it. Yeah, they all declared their intent to leave uh, this summer, uh, and they stated that Conference USA refused to negotiate an exit earlier than the fourteen months required by the league's bylaws. So that's that's kind of their loophole here. Is Conference USA refused to negotiate? Uh, an exit for them, like, within the 14 months. So, 
Well, do they refuse to negotiate or do they refuse to negotiate off the number that they were wanting? So let's say it's, you know, $10 million for the league. I'm just pulling the number out of my hat. Okay. And, and they're like, well, we don't want to pay that. And they're like, well, we're not, we're not budgeting. And they're like, well, like that's the negotiation. they won't negotiate with us. <laughs> like, well, wait a minute now. You're, you're trying to, you're trying to negotiate around a contract. We have contracts. Yeah. You know, I don't have to negotiate. I have a contract. Now, CUSA did Is respond it? to it, by the way. They, uh, they responded to the statement. They demanded that this go to arbitration in which a third-party arbitrator makes a ruling and could provide immediate injunctive relief, such as requiring Marshall to remain in the league. Uh, outside lawyers well, I'm going to tell you this. Yeah. That's probably in the contract as well because almost like almost every employment contract, I'm sure this is very different than the employment contract, oh, but yeah. almost every employment contract says you cannot just sue your employer without going through arbitration. You just, you have to go through arbitration. You cannot just do that. Um, it makes sense. And, uh, and, and so I'm certain that that language is in the contract as well. It looks like the schools are trying to break the contract and not follow the rules of it, which I think is a really dumb thing for them. You're about to leave for a much better thing. Making this fight to cripple or crush the people beneath you that you're leaving is just a shitty move. Like, I, 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 like it's just yeah. a shitty, shitty move. It is. It absolutely is. Uh, Tuesday, by now, the way. Now, if you're trying to get out cheaper, that's different. But but then let's talk about money. Let's negotiate dollars and cents. But but if you know that, you know, the contract says you got to go through arbitration, then go through the damn arbitration. It's not that hard. Uh, Tuesday was the deadline for Marshall to provide available dates for an arbitration hearing to the American Arbitration Association. Uh, but, you know, they uh, they didn't do it. So, <laughs> oh, that's, so that's on them. Like, like this is my problem is I'm on your side. I want you to leave and, and be able to do whatever's best for your school. I'm okay with that. But you, you're you under a contract, and you have to abide by the rules of the contract. This isn't the damn NBA. All right? You can't just sit out and say, I'm hurt. You got to pay me the whole contract. I'm never working for you again. The second you, like, get traded away, like, oh, I'm healed. Magically. Jalapeno. Let's go. Like, this isn't how this shit's going to work. This is like professional corporate world, man. Yes. Yes. You're Absolutely. about to walk into a judge's, you know, chambers. You can't. You can't just do this Mickey Mouse bullshit. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm with you. I'm with you. Um, like, I was under assumption that they thought that there was some type of loophole in, like, the language of the contract that would allow them to leave without paying. And no, I was like, how in the hell, like, whoever wrote that, and I think I said that on the show, like, whoever wrote that, if they allowed for a loophole like that, that person, whatever employment they're in now, if they're a bus driver today, they need to be fired from that job. They cannot be trusted to do any job well ever yeah. again. So, I, the only loophole would be the, the 14-month negotiation table. And, and so if they just, just set a price, yeah, and if they set a price and didn't want to negotiate it, uh, that in and of itself is a negotiation. Well, I set a price. We're not going to negotiate. And I'm sure the price is in the contract, by the way. Like, oh, yeah. Like, it's just like in the SEC. Like, if you wanted to leave the SEC, this is what it costs you. Uh, you know, the Big 12 is dealing with this right now. There's a cost for, for Oklahoma and Texas to leave. It's going to cost them something. And it's like nobody gets to make this number up the way they want to. It's in the contract. It's, it's contractually already negotiated for how you're going to leave if you leave. And, and so trying to do anything outside of that is going to be really hard on you. And if you're expecting to just do it without going at least through arbitration, then damn, what do you want? Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I agree. I think that they are going to be stuck in, in Conference USA next year. That, that's what I think I is going to I wonder if they were to just go through arbitration. Are they afraid that arbitration is not going to side with them because they don't have an actual argument to make? Because if you're trying to leave and you don't have any argument to make, then, you know, <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. That, uh, that makes sense, right? I mean, that's, yeah. that's the way that this looks to me. Uh, but we'll see. It, it, it's just a, it's just a weird situation. It doesn't. It, Mar, I think Marshall and these schools are making a, a really bad situ, like situation worse. And and I I don't I really don't know the reason why unless they honestly think we don't care how this makes us look if we can get out of doing this for less money or if we can get to leave early or whatever then we're, we're fine we'll take that. I I think that's it. I think they. The Conference USA TV deals and whatnot were not great to begin with. Um, well, no, but the know. conference, the deal, the TV deal that they're going to is not going to be great. So yeah, agreed. Now they'll be making it's a be little better. bit more money, but no, it's going to it's going to be better. That's why they're doing it. But at the end of the day, this is not. You know, we're we're not we're not squabbling over you know forty million dollars here. Okay, we're talking about <laughs> chump change in the grand scheme of it. And you're the one break. At the end of the day, I can't get around this. You're the one breaking the contract. You are allowed to break it, but it costs this much to break it. Yes, and in very easy terms, just go in and knock that out, this and then not, you can leave. Like I just don't, I just don't understand why they think the rules don't apply to them. This, hang on, that, that's I just said something that that this is this is the problem. School presidents, chancellors, athletic directors for the last I don't know thirty years have been able to do whatever the hell they. want. And nobody, nobody has been able to tell them what to do, when to do it, or how to do it. They do whatever the hell they want and they answer to nobody. And that's the problem, is you haven't ever been held accountable for making a bad decision other than you make the wrong hire enough times we fire you. That's it. That's a perfect that's perfect transition. You're, you're not told no enough until you think no one can tell you no. Brother, I think they're yeah. going to be mistaken in the court of law. Now, I'm not a legal genius. I know a lot more about the law than the average dum-dum. But, I, you know, I'm still a dum-dum. So, <laughs> let's remember that. Well, you, you had a great transition there to uh, what will make the last topic of the day, and that is Major League Baseball. Uh, they are telling the players to sign the CBA by next Monday, and that would be February, what, 28th, I believe, uh, or they are canceling games, and that that doesn't mean the season. What that means is we're going to shorten the season, and you ain't going to get won't, a paycheck. We won't have one sixty-two if we're not if we're not signed by Monday. Exactly, and every one of those games that you miss, you don't get a paycheck for. So that that could be interesting, right? Now I don't know that that's going to change anything because I believe that the players, uh, for anybody that hasn't paid attention to what's going on with the MLB. Uh, the MLBPA and Major League Baseball, the owners, uh, they are trying to come to terms on a new collective bargaining agreement by Monday, and I don't know that it's going to happen. Uh, a spokesperson said a deadline is a deadline. Missed games are missed games. Salary will not be paid for those games. This is interesting. Uh, you know, we talked about this quite a bit, you know, when the pandemic started and then last season, and now here we are getting ready for the 2022 season, and and they still don't exactly have this thing figured out. And and they got into a fight a couple of years ago about this, 
and now they're they're kind of going back and forth, squabbling about this one as well. Do you see any way that they get this thing sorted out by Monday? No, zero. I agree. I agree. I don't think they care if they miss games. I think it is much more important for them to make sure that they get a deal that is uh, better for them than the one that they currently have. And it's not like they got a bad deal, but still. I don't know all of the the nuts and bolts. I know the majority of the argument is, is for the last several years, salaries in the uh, Major League Baseball have gone down. Okay, they're not going up, they're going down when everything else is going up. Um, I don't know how much of that is the owners really took it on the chin for the COVID year, and so they're not signing as big of deals going forward to try to recoup some of that in the short term. I don't, I, I can't, I can't explain some of this. I haven't gotten too far in the weeds of it. I do know this. I do know the arbitration rules are absolutely ridiculous. I know that they're completely insane. Um, being able to own a player from a rookie year for the first six years uh, and control his clock is insane. Um, the Red Sox and the Red Sox owner is one of one of the best owners in baseball. He's he's fighting like hell to get a deal done. He just wants to play ball. Um, he he, you know, they had a, I couldn't tell you the name of the guy. I probably should have known this. Um, but a, but a fair to middling young reliever. Okay, he's going to be a star. All right. He's going to be a star relief pitcher. He's supposed to be, projected to be. Got called up and down, I don't know, five different times from, from minor leagues to the majors last year for the Red Sox bullpen. And But the, the only reason he kept getting called up and sent back down was to save money. And at the end of the year, he made like $110,000 because he never stayed in majors long enough to, to qualify for whatever it was at a stint or whatnot. Like, rules like that have to go away. Like, if you're good enough to be here, we want the best, the fans and the right thing for the sport, for the meritocracy of everything, the best players should play. That's it. That's all. And if you're intentionally not playing somebody to save money on that player or maintain control over that player, then 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 that's not best for the sport. We need to change those rules. Also, owning a player for so long for so little is 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 just really tough because it's the prime of their career. Pete Alonso has won two home run derbies. Now Pete Alonso's not the greatest baseball player in the world, but Pete Alonso is a pretty good pretty good baseball player, okay, for the Mets. He's made more money in his winnings for the home run derby contest than he has in his career in the MLB. That's a problem. Okay? Agreed. This guy's a big enough star to be on your home run derby stage, he's won it two years in a row, and the the million dollar payout in him winning it is more money than he's made in his entire career playing with you. Like we have to find a way to where if these guys are, I'm not saying you know, you know, you've got to, every rookie contract is good in every sport, but none of them are six years long. Agreed. None of them are six years long. Yeah, it's, and that's it's just that's yeah, the problem. It's too long. You own them for too long. I agree with you. Uh, the, the deal on this says the sides remain far apart on a new agreement. The union is likely to pull expanded playoffs off the table if players are not paid a full season salary, according to sources familiar with the union's thinking. Uh, and it says that the players have have never acknowledged the deadline. Uh, opening day is supposed to be March thirty first. Uh, I don't know that that's going to. 
I don't know that that's going to hit. Uh, it says the news came after five hours of negotiations on Wednesday uh, that included vigorous dialogue, according to sources familiar with the talks. And, you know, I, it, basically they're talking about salary and uh, minimum salaries, what they're going to start at, etc. cetera. Uh, the union wants $775,000 next season. The league is offering 640000 with $10,000 raises each year after that. I mean, it's there's so much, and they are so far apart on these numbers that I think it's certainly going to take longer than Monday, and this thing may go into the season. So we'll we'll see what ends up happening, but <sighs> this stuff's crazy. Yeah, I hate, I really hate this, too, because, I mean, I was looking forward to this baseball season. I'm an old man. I love baseball. I'm not going to stop. It was the first love of my life, and, and, and it's never going to change. Um, and I also just had massive desires to go to Boston, which – if they ever start playing games, I can still do that. I just need – that's not a, you know, women a prayer thing. Like, I need to plan this shit out. So, I oh, need yeah. to know what the season looks like. I need to know what the schedule looks like. So. Yeah, because they'll have to they'll have to basically redo the calendar. Like, it, yeah, <laughs> they'll, think, they'll have to redo so. the whole I don't whole think thing. they're just going to lock games off the front end. Now, I might be wrong. They might just do that and just say, all right, well, we're starting on this date now. And that's now new opening day. And every game before that, August you know, just can't wipe off the books. Uh, who knows? Who knows? All right, let's let's uh, let's go ahead and wrap this thing up. Is there anything else you want to talk about? Nope, nope, that's it, brother. Thank you. Wonderful. I'll go on and let you go, and, uh, and I will wrap this thing up. See you, bud. All right, be good, buddy. All right, that was Chris. Let's go ahead and wrap this thing up. Go to winningcureseverything.com. Go to betus.com. Go to betustv.com. I hope all of you have wonderful weekends. I hope your college gambling picks, college basketball gambling picks it. I hope all of that good stuff. But let's uh, let's close it out with our typical. Uh, take care of yourself. Take care of each other. And hopefully, all of you tickets cash this weekend. Thanks for checking out Winning Cures Everything. If you want to keep up with us, hit subscribe on YouTube or your favorite podcast app. Visit the website at winningcureseverything.com. Or you can like us on Facebook or follow us at Winning Cures, at Gary WCE, or at Chris B. Giannini on Twitter. Share out the show, leave a nice review, and make sure to comment and tweet at us. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.